Jan Swift, and you're listening to Nourish Your Health at Every Age. The choices we make every day impact our health for the good or the bad. This podcast features guests who share the latest information on how people of all ages may achieve optimal health and wellness. We're grateful for the support of Raider, which offers a complete fleet of IT solutions for businesses of all sizes. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work, we understand. If you're wondering if Raider can help your business, please visit RaiderSolutions.com. Our guest today is holistic nurse Kimberly Tebow, owner and founder of Kerma Holistics, a nursing approach. Kimberly is a board-certified holistic registered nurse, a certified acupressure practitioner, and a registered yoga teacher. We're here today to discuss the phenomenon of ACE, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences, which are more common than society recognizes or acknowledges. Strikingly, adverse childhood experiences have a powerful correlation to an individual's health a half century later. ACEs comes from CDC Kaiser Permanent Adverse Childhood Experiences Study, a groundbreaking research that looked at how 10 types of childhood trauma affect long-term health. They include physical, emotional, and sexual abuse, physical and emotional neglect, living with a family member who's addicted to alcohol or other substances, or who's depressed or has other mental illnesses, experiencing parental divorce or separation, having a family member who's incarcerated, and witnessing a mother being abused. So Kimberly Tebow, we've spoken in the past. I want to welcome you. This is your second Nourish Your Health podcast. And when we spoke before, I was really taken with um, the number of things that can happen in our life that come back and kind of bite us Mm -hmm. later in life. And Mm -hmm. I know that you, you try to help people in a holistic manner and you tell me that you see this quite a bit, and and uh, it, it's just more common than people realize. So thank you for taking time yes, today to, thank you to for visit having about me it. again. I'm very, very grateful to be able to speak on this topic. So intriguingly enough, you know, with the approach with ACEs is that they are going towards prevention with the kids. So they're really gearing in towards the kids and saying, okay, let's look at these children and what is happening to prevent anything that can um, come from these adverse events later on in childhood. For me, I'm seeing it on the adult side right? because um, my, my passion is to see adults, and I do see kids here and there, but I, I'm really drawn to adults who are already suffering mm-hmm. because of these events, and they may have not attributed that to like the events in their life to what they're going through and what they're suffering with right. because this phenomenon is newer. Mm-hmm. It's something that is not was not spoken of decades before. Well, I can tell you just from experience, you know, we, we've all had issues. I'm sure even people that have money and mm-hmm. looks like a perfect family, they might be under more pressure than we ever know and yeah. rejection, whatever, by a parent. But we were always just kind of told, get over it. Yes. You know, there's an Eagles song about that. Yes. Get over it. Exactly. And so you don't want to come off like somebody that is weak, has weak or has issues. Yeah. But yet to understand that studies have been done that show that a lot of health conditions, physical health, yeah. is directly tied to emotional you know, issues that I guess you yeah. said your body never really forgets, does no, it? No, it doesn't. Your your body has this um, biological memory. So you were just talking about the picture perfect family and or money. And, you know, some people who have the financial strain, they're like, oh, if I just had this m- amount of money, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be dealing with these certain stressors. It would fix everything. But then yeah. the people that have the money also have their certain stressors. So the stressors are there. It's just a different color of the rainbow. Mm -hmm. So everybody is experiencing some type of suffering unless they are able to cope and digest what is going on in their life and have someone that buffers that and Mm -hmm. shows them what the love looks like, what emotional intelligence looks like, what it looks like to say, you can feel whatever you feel and that is completely correct. You don't have to put on this shell 
and say, just get over it. Mm -hmm. So just to have at least one person that's there to honor you and see you for who you are is life-changing. And that's who I want to be for the community. Mm -hmm. And that's who I strive to be for the community. Because whenever people walk in to my office and I say, okay, tell me your story. You know, where are we going to go from here? Mm -hmm. Yes, we reflect on what happened, but this is how it differs from psychoanalysis and therapy is that we're not going back and back and back to where we're focusing on that. We are, I'm telling you, tell me your story. And then what are the puzzle pieces that makes Jan Jan? Mm -hmm. And how can we make these different coping mechanisms or these different relaxation techniques or anything that can help honor your body and different coaching tools that can help honor your body of what is screaming at you. Mm -hmm. Like um, if it's digestive issues or if it's a certain pain somewhere, really diving in and saying, hey, what's going on with that pain? What's going on with that digestive issue? Mm -hmm. And essentially listening to what the body's saying because it probably has something to do with past trauma if you've been through trauma. If it hasn't, then it may be the current stress state. Right. And um, I've said this many times, what you may view as trauma is different than what I may view as trauma because our version of normal is very different. So what you may think is normal, I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, that's traumatic. And you're like, what do you mean? This is just yeah. my life. Everybody lives with a fire exactly. you know, in their house. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, what is that tolerance of mm -hmm the trauma tolerance, right? like where's that threshold that that person is like, wow, this is not normal. And I don't really mm -hmm. like to use, and I put the air quotes because I don't really like to use the word normal because it's a very gray term. There's no such thing as normal. That's an illusion. But for someone who has been through a lot of trauma, their quote unquote normal mm -hmm. may be someone else coming in at like this unbiased view and saying, wow, that's a lot for somebody to handle. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, their cortisol levels in their bodies are sky high because they live with this day-to-day fight-or-flight stress response. Mm -hmm. um, and your nervous system, it it shows up in that way. Like I said, you know, sympathetic versus parasympathetic. So even though you may not be thinking on a surface level of, oh, this is stressing me out, your body may perceive it as a stressor even if you're consciously not um, adding that bookmark on like there saying it, exactly. I'm stressed. Uh -huh. So if you don't define it, your body will. And so then your body is portrayed in all of these different comorbidities, all of these different things. And you're like, well, I'm not stressed. I'm not going through anything because you're not consciously thinking about it, but your body is going through it. Right. So um, I want to back up and, and uh, mention a chart that you had shared with me because I kind of wanted to find, um, I know there's different stages in life and uh, they're kind of broken down here. I think this was the Eric Erickson had a That one is my chart. favorite. Yeah. And so by age from zero to two, two to four, four to five, five to 12 years old, 13 to 19, 20 to 24, 25 to 64, and then 65 to someone's passing, there are different stages that people go through. And it's like, it's a layering of, it reminds me of Maslow's, mm -hmm. you know, hierarchy. Mm -hmm. First, you need to have safety. Mm -hmm. So if a child is under two and has been pretty much abandoned, they never really learn trust. Exactly. And then it builds on that, like from two to four, uh, that's when you start taking care of yourself. And if things don't go well, you start, a child can get really off kilter. Yeah. Like they're not being potty trained right or they, yeah. again, are neglected. Well, and it, it just builds. It looks like you can see this. Yeah. The stages we go through, we look at it in different mm -hmm. ways. But when you see, when you understand that emotionally, if you never yeah. really feel secure, yeah. you're never going to feel secure as you so, age. So, would you back up to the trust versus mistrust? If you don't, if that part of Erickson's stage is not fulfilled and it goes through this more neglect, so then it's that mistrust. So then you may be showing up in the world, and I say you in a general term as, you know, as a human being, 
showing up in the world as mistrusting mm-hmm. the world around them. On edge. So yeah. paranoia, anxiety, mm-hmm. all these things, even loved ones, you know, you may feel depressed because you don't trust that your loved one loves you in a way that they're saying that they love you because you weren't able to fulfill mm-hmm. that trust versus mistrust stage. Right. And then going into, you know, the autonomy versus shame and doubt. The the question in this stage is is it okay to be me? So if you don't learn, you know, that autonomy mm-hmm. As a human being, you may not feel it's okay to be me in my own skin. So you can see from an early age, if a child is not able to fully express their emotions and say, just get over it, like if they fall, even if, um, going back to the example of you stub your toe when you're having a good day versus you stub your toe when you're having a bad morning, Mm -hmm. it hurts different. So same thing with children because they're learning those pain you know, responses. They're learning how to cope with Mm -hmm. that. So if a child falls, even if as an adult, you perceive it as, oh, that they just bumped their head. That must not hurt. But that child is really distraught at that moment. That pain is very real for them, Mm -hmm. you know? So if they don't have an adult to say, I honor where you are, I see that it hurts Mm -hmm. and I'm going to love you through that, then the pains in life that they go through later in this more abstract form of pain, like divorces and you know losing loved ones, that abstract pain is now not being able to deal with. And it's just, oh, get over it. Because when you were a child, you were told, just get over it. Right. So you're not able to digest these things. Mm-hmm. And then your body physiologically shows up in that way of just get over it. Mm-hmm. So then your each organ system is now just getting over things instead of completely digesting it, you know? And for, for me, like I said, it's going back to the gut. If you're, if you're just shoveling in food or you're just shoveling in emotions mentally Mm -hmm. and not able to process either, you can have physiological symptoms through your gut and mental symptoms through your mind. Right. And people, I guess, Kimberly will, uh, when you, Think about addictions, whether it's drinking, drugs, overeating, mm-hmm. uh, gambling, mm-hmm. sex, whatever people choose. Yeah. It, it just really opened my eyes to see that that's just, they're all ways yeah. of numbing yeah. emotions, right? And for me, it's very, very personal in a sense that um, growing up, I've always had some sort of body image issue because of the way society is and because I was bullied whenever I was younger and it and made fun of like oh you're too fat and so then whenever I got to high school and I grew into my body you know how when you're going through that those stages of mm-hmm. puberty well I lost a whole bunch of weight and then through reward of oh wow you look great and all this and you know then I had this distorted mentality because mm-hmm. whenever I was younger I was made fun of. And then whenever I get to high school and I hit puberty and I get through that, then it's like this reward of acceptance. Because it's exterior. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So then emotionally within me, it was like, oh, this is bad and this is good. Mm -hmm. And if I am this, then I must be bad. And if I'm this, I must be good. So then there's that shame factor. So then you throw that in with nutrition Going back to Maslow's, your nutrition, Mm -hmm. those are the bottom levels. So for me personally, it, I I became very, um, this very unhealthy relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't, I wasn't able to. It's an enemy at times if you allow it to be. And, and the fact that you can have such an emotional attachment to food because you're it's an animalistic thing. You're eating and you're surviving and you're going on or you're eating to feel good and it settles those emotions. Because if you're not digesting it, your stomach is all in knots, but then you eat and everything's fine. You know, so there's so many different ties to emotional eating and food addiction and that's why my passion, I came up with the Food Harmony program because mm-hmm. it's so personal. And then going into back to the timeline of me with food, mm-hmm. um, I got into um, probably my early 
early to mid twenties. Um, I started working in the hospital. I was working nights and there was a lot of stressors there. I had just bought my first house and everything. And so those new stressors of young adulthood, I started emotionally eating and I didn't even realize it. And so I gained 60 pounds in a year. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Especially, you know, because all of this is my passion. I'm like, wait, Kim, what's going on? Mm -hmm. So then I took a step back and I really, like I, I evaluated all of this. And I was like, wow, it happens that fast. And so from all the way to from childhood, from being bullied, Mm -hmm. it came back. I had never been, you know, overweight since childhood. I had stayed right around a healthy weight. I was, you know, quote unquote, this healthy being, but all of that suppressed it came back like nobody's business whenever I wasn't taking care of myself, working nights, overstressed, doing all these things. And then so I realized. So then I started changing my relationship with food. And then I wasn't having this um, this ravishing hunger mm-hmm. because I was dealing with my emotions. So everything that I do through my practice, whenever it comes to ACEs, whenever it comes to in a majority of the foundation of all healing has to do with some sort of trauma that someone has been through. Really? Yes. I, any person, because like I said, trauma is a, is a matter of perception. Mm -hmm. Um, but going back to that, I have been through certain things. So whenever I show up for my clients, it's because I've shown up for myself too. And I can say, I see you because I've been in my own mm-hmm. storm, mm-hmm. you know, and I heard this recently about um, the pandemic. It's like we're all in the same storm, but maybe not in the same boat. And so with trauma, for me, I feel like with my clients, I may not be in the same boat as them, but I've been through this like a storm, a storm. of trauma. Yeah. So it's really just having that compassion, honoring somebody and being able to hear them that is part of the healing journey with ACEs. Mm-hmm. Because for, as I said before, if they have this one adult that tells them it's okay to just be and to experience and to be that emotional person in that moment, mm-hmm. experience the anger, feel it out, but don't dwell there, that can change someone's life. Yeah. And it- so now it's like for me with adults, I'm working with them through that to you know, help that inner child within them from when they were traumatized. And I say inner child, it's basically just that part in them because the the younger Jan is still within you, mm-hmm. even though you're an adult. All of the things that happened in your life, it's still in you as from whenever you were a kid. Right. So for me, the thing that I really hone in on is say someone had some sort of trauma at age six, I would look at Erickson's theory and say, what what stage are you, was that in for you? Mm-hmm. And what did your life look like in that stage? Because if you, as a human being, are resilient at the age of six, but then all of a sudden something changed and your resilience decreased, there's a reason why. So we figure out the why and then through working with my clients, I really root down and say, what makes you you and how can we implement this together? So through my knowledge of different therapeutic aspects and through the person's self-awareness of what makes them tick is how we really heal from those aces, mm-hmm. you know? Are, do you think most people are self-aware? No. When they show up, they're no. probably not. <laughs> not always. And it's funny because whenever I ask people about pain, well, what does it feel like? I don't know. It just hurts. Mm-hmm. So that self-awareness is a big part of the puzzle mm-hmm. is saying, okay, this pain feels like this. This pain feels like this. This discomfort mm-hmm. feels like this because that, that's also something. The difference between pain and discomfort If you've been through a lot of trauma, your discomfort maybe trigger you to get to that pain rather than just experiencing it as discomfort. Kind of like, um, 
kind of like a normal anxious feeling before you go and do something, like before you go and perform, if you don't have that self-awareness to say, oh, this is normal anxiety yeah, of a human, that, yeah, yeah, that's a normal human response. Mm-hmm. And you just assume, oh no, I'm going into a panic because you've experienced panic attacks. You will slide right into that panic because your body is being triggered because you're nervous, but it started out as quote unquote normal, but then that it took a side turn to the panic because Mm -hmm. it's what your body is used to doing to help you survive. Right. Well, if I can ask, you know, um, we all want to think we're okay. And looking at this chart again from two to four years is when kids kind of start asking or at least internalizing, is is it okay to be me? Mm -hmm. And so I would think a lot of us are out there, probably including me, not sure, are we okay? Yeah. Like, are we okay if you mess up? Yeah. Is it okay to make mistakes? Is it okay to have your weight fluctuate or Mm -hmm. um, mess up, Mm -hmm. you know, make a dumb move and... You know, like it's, do do people show up? I'm just curious, like who, how do people show up? Are they coming for maybe I'm not digesting my food properly and I'm always hurting. And then it turns out you start asking these questions and you realize they've just been probably stuffing their emotions their whole life. Yeah. And it just depends on, like I said, you know, to, for someone to warrant them to come to me, it's a lot of times it's, I just want to make a change. I just want to change something, whether that's mental, emotional, you know, whatever it is. I just want to feel better. Mm -hmm. I just want to feel better in my skin, better in my life, better in this world. And that it can be that vague because once they come in and we sit and talk, it's like, okay, this may be why you're not motivated. Mm -hmm. Not just the thing of, oh, it's because you're not on this certain schedule. It's because you... Your light of who you are may have been dimmed because of other traumas. So that motivation, that oomph to show up and shine Mm -hmm. the person that you are may have been dulled back then whenever you were a child. And so you took that as, oh, well, I can can never shine like this because then it's not right or it's not good. Is that an aha moment for a lot of people when you talk to them like that? Yeah, because it's like... It's like, oh, I didn't think about that. But a lot of times we don't think about it because in in our body, it's still showing up as that five-year-old person or mm-hmm. that three-year-old person emotionally, it still hurts the same. Even though as an adult, now we have this logic part of mm-hmm. our brain that we're like, well, no, of course that person didn't mean that. But it still hurts. If we don't mm-hmm. re- if we don't bring that to light of saying, oh, this three-year-old me is still upset about A, B, and C, mm-hmm. and this is how it felt back then. But now I can come back as adult Jan and go talk to three-year-old Jan and say, hey, it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. I can I can show up that way. Mm-hmm. And through various tools, that's how we get there, like through guided imagery. Because you can imagine you know, who you were at that age of whatever upset you, and you can show up as adult you and be there for yourself, all in your imagination. You walk people through oh, yeah. things like that? Yes. Do they I cry? Had, I mean, listen, is this emotional? Like, I am I'm going to cry talking about this one, but I had this client who she had a dog, and it was her best friend growing oh, up. God. And the dog broke her like it broke a bone or something basically and the parents were like we can't afford this Mm -hmm. like we can't pay for this dog and she was just distraught and she would she just held her dog and was just like i wish there was something that i can do she never healed emotionally from that grieving process from her dog So it showed up in different ways of not being able to connect with people because that was the first unconditional love, her first best friend. It's too painful. And so I walked with, like, I supported her through this journey, through her imagination, because our brains have this ability to take us back, you know? And she was able to be there for herself. She was able to be there for her pup. Mm -hmm. And she has not had, she was able to grieve. And she's like, I, I asked her since then, like months later, like, 
so how do you feel whenever you think about your pup? And she's content, happy. Mm -hmm. Because think about it, you know, guided imagery is so powerful. If I walked you through closing your eyes, breathing, and, and going get a lemon from your refrigerator, putting the lemon on the cutting board, grabbing a knife, cutting the lemon, smelling the mm -hmm. lemon, then going to make lemonade, I guarantee you, you will start salivating. I'm thinking that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is the power of guided imagery. That is the power of our brain. Mm -hmm. Our body doesn't always know the difference. So whenever it comes to trauma with ACEs, even if you close your eyes and you still see it, or maybe something passes and you smell something that triggers that old response or you hear something mm -hmm. that triggers that old response, you're showing up as that old trauma that is coming up because you heard something, you smelled something, you saw something. So if you don't go back and say, hey, let's heal this part, then you're going to keep showing up in that stress state of that trauma. Mm -hmm. Guided imagery, I suppose, is different than hypnosis. Um, Are they similar? I'm, I'm not sure how a normal um, hypnotist goes through their process, just because I've always felt drawn to guided imagery. So mm -hmm. I haven't looked into it to compare it, mm -hmm. but I just... I love guided imagery. I'm completely connected with the process of it. Um, so... and. And honestly, for me, I feel like guided imagery is all for that person. Uh -huh. um, it's directed for that person, from that person. Like she basically told me the, her story. And then together, like I created an activity for her to do in the week in between us seeing each other. And then the next week we mm -hmm. fulfilled this uh -huh. and took her on a guided imagery journey. And I mean, like I said, yeah. It was amazing. Now she doesn't have a heavy heart whenever she thinks of her, of her old dog. May I ask? Um, I know you can't get particular on the client, but did she know when she came to you that mm -mm. some of her sadness was based on this? Nope. So she just mm -hmm. had like buried yeah. it, but it was rearing because its ugly head. Because as an adult, we're like. We come at it in a sense with not as much compassion sometimes. And we're just like, oh, that just happened back then. It's not going to affect me anymore. Mm -hmm. But then whenever I, we go through layers and I say, tell me your story. Tell me the different things in your life. Okay, so if that part of your childhood was chaotic, what was chaotic about it? What didn't feel mm -hmm. good? What, you know, so we go into the nitty gritty of how you were feeling at that age when the certain things were happening. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of circle back to what's happening now and how you're showing up now mm -hmm. and everything in between. Because think about it. Like I said, if at two to four years old, your parents say they don't let you dress yourself all the time. Because, I mean, as a three-year-old, let's face it, they it may not forever. be able to match. And yeah. it takes forever. And so, <laughs> it may not match. <laughs> I want them to match, but gosh Exactly. <laughs> so as parents, we want our children to look their best, to be mm -hmm. the best that they can be. But the child wants to just wear the superhero costume. Yeah, with their boots. Because they may be feeling superheroish that day. Mm -hmm. So, but as a parent, we're like, no, that's not, that's not in society. That's we can't normal. do that. Yeah. So think about it. So is it okay to be me? That day they were feeling mm, like a superhero. Not. Yeah. But that's not okay. But that's not okay. Yeah. So if within reason, of course, everybody needs boundaries, mm -hmm. kids and adults, we all need boundaries. But if we give our children that ability to choose mm -hmm. and say, you know what? If you want to rock the cowboy hat today with the rubber boots, then by all means, today is the day to, for you to shine. Mm -hmm. You know, and we teach them like, it's okay to be you. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be upset. You know, I made up this song for my little one whenever he's having a hard time, you know, just basically telling him that I love him no matter the emotion. Mm -hmm. Like it's a little jingle, but basically saying like, I love you when you're happy. I love you when you're sad. I love you when you're angry. And even when you're silly and I'll make up the last uh -huh. one just so he'll know that mama loves him no matter 
right. how he's showing up that day. Yeah, his behavior because is different about than it, him as, as a an person. adult. Yeah, mm-hmm. as an adult, we want that mm-hmm. no matter what. We want, our spa- we want our spouse, our kids, our parents to love us no matter what. So if we're showing up for ourselves that way, then our exterior starts to change. You know, mm-hmm. if we're empowered, then our external environment starts to look a whole lot different. We show up resilient. We show up happy. We show up fulfilled. Then these aces, what once was, you know, whenever you get a scar and it's like, and it's just starting to heal and mm-hmm. it's like that purple yeah. and pink and it's horrible. Yeah. So that is where a lot of people are living. If I can give a a tangible vision view of it for someone, that's where a lot of people are living. It's still very meaty in there. It's not fully healing because we're not paying attention to it. But then you know those scars that heal up real nice and they're, they're skin colored, they're very small, they're minimal. It's still there. The trauma to the skin of whatever surgery, of whatever you had to have happen at an event, it's still there, but it looks beautiful and it's accepting and it's loving because it's not as loud on your skin. Right. So it's to get people from that fresh mm-hmm. scar Raw. to where it's still a part of who you are, no matter what anyone does. If you've had sexual trauma, abuse, emotionally, physically, it will still be a part of your being. But it's how it affects you in your day-to-day life. And whenever you think about it, it's how you experience it. Because, of course, if you relive trauma, your body doesn't know the difference. Remember, with guided imagery, your body doesn't know the difference. So essentially, the norm is taking a negative aspect of this guided imagery that I use because we envision that. And replay it over and over. And replay it Mm -hmm. over and over again. So how can we make it a positive? How can we shine that light on the shadow? To, to create healing. Right. So besides um, guided imagery, are there other things that you help people with, other coping skills, or is it you start yeah. with the guided imagery and then move no, forward? No, actually guided imagery is not where I start because taking someone, they have somebody, like the person has to be ready to get there. And then that's why my support is imperative because if someone's not ready, and I don't choose that, I just... I just talk with the person and say, you know, how are you feeling? Like, what's going on? If they're not ready, then we don't go there. But in the meantime, I teach relaxation. I teach breathing. I teach all these other things to where that person can then get to that point to where they're ready. And it's not a matter of going to the event itself. Mm -hmm. That's important because that's traumatic again. Right. But it's going to the person that you were during that time. Because I wouldn't want to, like, for instance, this person with her dog. I didn't take her back to the point where the dog died. Mm -hmm. What I did was is I took her to that little girl and to remembering her dog in the healthy sense. I didn't take her back to the the dog with the broken. Yes, exactly. So I I essentially, I do it in the least invasive way possible. And that's going back to medicine, like the, not medicine, but it's going back to, you know, the, the founders of medicine, the founders of health of least invasive first, right? the founders of nursing, the founders of everything, you know, whenever it comes to helping people, you always want to go least invasive first. And if you can do something, and this is more in the nursing realm, if you can do something to help someone feel comfortable, but yet they're still healing, Mm -hmm. that's the key. Mm -hmm. And that's what I take into consideration. Like, I'm not going to say, yeah, let's go back to that traumatic event because that is just Mm -hmm. reliving it. Your brain doesn't know the difference. So let's go back to certain things that are feeling okay, but yet it's still going to help you heal, you know? What about people that it's not an event, but it's more of a long-term chaos, you know, if they had a alcoholic parent or mentally ill parent, or they lived in poverty and were homeless, let's say, or, you know, chaos. Yeah. 
that seems a lot different than well, somebody depends, that had a yeah, specific a, yeah, event. Yeah. It's more like the difference between a localized pain versus a general pain okay. in the body. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that's a tangible way for someone to, to understand it. But so it's, it's going back to Maslow's of fulfilling those bottom tiers mm-hmm. And the hierarchy of needs. Exactly. Yeah. It's filling those bottom tiers of that mm. hierarchy. And Erickson is more along the lines of something that happened in that time period. Now, if someone comes in and they've had an alcoholic parent their whole life, mm. so then we would be looking from, if they moved out at 18, we would be looking from age zero to 18. Mm-hmm. And even while in the womb. Right. Because while you're in the womb you are experiencing your mother's stress. That's why they say as pregnant woman, you know, you hear it all the time. Oh no, don't stress yourself. Don't stress yourself. That's That's not an accident, Uh you know, because you don't want the mom to have cortisol spikes. You don't want the mom to have high blood pressure. You don't want the mom to do all these things because the baby suffers from it, Mm -hmm. you know, and it may not be something that is visual that you can see, but it may be something internal that they're dealing with. Just like if a mom smokes during pregnancy and that person's health is not as great, mm-hmm. that's something that is tangible. That, But mental is the same. Emotional is the same. If the mom was going through abuse that whole pregnancy, maybe not physical, but emotional and verbal, that baby can hear in there. You know? So that baby can feel that. Right. Right. It's so, um, it makes sense. And yet I I just personally don't think most people want, they, you know, we just don't want to be flawed. Yeah. And when you look at this, so many of us have had things Mm -hmm. that probably really impacted our development. And, uh, I learned about ACEs, I think more through some community work, reading about what United Way and other, you know, social service agencies are learning so many children especially in Louisiana, are coming up in poverty mm-hmm. with problems. Yeah. And so they're being set out from a young age to a lifetime of possibly yeah. having adverse health, you know, yeah. obe- obesity, high blood pressure, all these things we're talking yeah. about, possibly addiction and other things. And to flip it on the other side, the people that you see are the ones that you can't go back in time, mm-hmm. but you help them deal Yeah. to... to Come to terms, I guess. So with we can't what go back in time on the timeline, mm-hmm. but we can whenever because our body has the ability to rejuvenate itself. So we can essentially help those internal, you know, areas mm-hmm. if we go back and deal with it. You know, we go back and not in a sense, once again, not going back to those traumatic events or not. If someone's had an alcoholic parent their whole life, I'm not going to say, you know, okay, let's go back all those 18 years. Tell me, you know, things, Mm -hmm. but it's more of the, the generalized experience. How did it feel for you? How did, you know, because so many times that also shows up in their relationships with themselves and others. Uh So even if. Like for diabetes, even if someone may, their family may not have diabetes, but yet they've had um, trauma that caused food addiction. And a lot of times when you have that food response, it's salty, crunchy, sweet. Like a lot of these snacky foods, which can cause an influx in that energy, that Mm. sugar, Mm -hmm. and then a complete depletion. So you have this big spike and then this drop. So then you eat more. Like you're so, they call it hangry. I mean, you get hangry. Is that what they call They have this like, like somebody said, um, yeah, about being hangry or like the Snickers commercial. Whenever they get grumpy and then you give them a Snickers and all of a sudden they're happy. I mean, to me, that's the complete exemplification. Like it it exemplifies Mm -hmm. that sugar spike and that drop. Because when you drop, when your sugar drops, it's like hypoglycemic symptoms. So you you can be jittery, anxious, you know, mm-hmm. all these things that people can tie into emotional because of anxiety. All these things are emo. So they there's a big tie with all of that. Mm-hmm. Then going back to the diabetes in, in itself, 
even though that trauma had nothing to do technically, I guess mm-hmm. you can say, it can still create these habits that cause diabetes, mm-hmm. that cause obesity. The stress and the cortisol can cause hypertension, can cause heart disease. Right. Like just like um have you ever heard of someone dying from a broken heart? Yeah. So especially older people. Exactly. You know, their spouse dies and, and they all go of right a sudden after. they go right after. Mm-hmm. And scientifically there's not really much that we can say for that. So it has to be something else that the person is experiencing traumatically. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, I say this with a heavy heart, you know, all of these things, we're attaching this organ system to this emotional um, saying, but it really, it's not by accident. Just like the last time we talked, whenever I said, oh, whenever people say it's a pain in my neck, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're having cervical issues. Sometimes, yes, sometimes organically the body wear and tear theory, it does happen. But then sometimes it's not it's not completely off the wall to say that that may have an effect on it because when people stress, their shoulders tighten up, their neck, you know, all of right. this, they hold it in their traps, you know, those muscles. Mm-hmm. And so it's not an accident that your anatomical, physiological body is impacted by these adverse childhood mm-hmm. experiences. So you're, I'm sitting here thinking so many things. You're a holistic <laughs> nurse, and yet your practice, you're, you implement holistic nursing, but you're really mm-hmm. here to deal with the person and not to try to have a doctor subscribe or prescribe uh, insulin or something. You, you deal with people as they come in. Mm-hmm. And if they've got true health issues, they still need to be going to their yeah. physician or whoever. And that's why it's called complementary care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and every physician, physical therapist, chiropractor, people that I talk to, and I'm telling them because I'm still a very fresh business, um, and, I, and I introduce myself, it's complementary. Mm-hmm. You still need that insulin. You still need your medicine. You still need your physical therapy, your chiropractor. You need you still need these things. It's just the suffering that people go through, that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. To help someone suffer less. So their body can heal. Exactly. Uh-huh. So if if I help someone suffer less and their body is healing, then you know, they show up to that physical therapy appointment more motivated, right? So then that influences that anatomical and that physiological. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you go through surgery, if you get out of surgery and you were completely stressed out and you don't your body can't heal because it's in that fight or flight. Right. So if I can help you relax around that surgery procedure, mm-hmm. your body can heal better because it's the the rest and re, it's the rest state of your nervous system. So then your body can pay attention to bringing that good blood flow to that wound. Your body can pay attention to that wound itself, to that that area that needs to be healed because it's not trying to run from a bear that's not there. You know what I mean? So I have that song, uh, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Going to Let It Shine. It's just, there's so much to this, and it really is the circle of life. It is. I don't mean to sound trite, but there's so many things that go into being a whole, healthy human being. Yes. You know, inside and and out. Yes, and that's why, for me, as a holistic nurse, that's why I take that whole aspect. But can I do every aspect? No. But in the nursing world, you know, we can talk with everyone Mm -hmm. and be on the same page. So that's what makes it holistic is every practitioner involved. And then me in my own little setting, it's holistic because I take the whole person into consideration. Mm -hmm. So there's like two holes to the whole. Right. right. (laughs) You know, you have... W-H. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you have everybody that's on your health team. And for wellness and resilience through ACEs and through everything that our bodies go through in life, we need the whole team. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to say that I'm a very integral part of that team because whenever you look at adverse childhood experiences, there is no one person that can do everything. Because in those acute times, 
That person very well may need medication. Mm -hmm. That person very well may need, you know, counseling, therapy, all these things. And also the compliment of me as well. Right. You know, right. Once they're ready Mm -hmm. to do these things, to make this change and to slough off that old skin. Um, I actually had the pleasure of watching. Um, I'm one of those animal people, and I know I, I mentioned that last time, um, but a locust. They had a locust on my car, and he was shedding his skin. Oh. Like, and I've never seen that before. And it was so intriguing because this locust was still very um, malleable, and, and it's like damp. He trusted you. And your I, car. Was, I was wa- well, I was watching and my car was parked. And so I was watching. I know it's the craziest thing, but nature teaches you a lot. I don't want to take off because it might hurt him. It's true. Um, but I waited until he was fully out of his you shell. Did? I did because it it taught me this life lesson in this moment that whenever we're shedding a shell of whatever we've been through, mm-hmm. we're very vulnerable. And it's like you're learning how to get into this new skin. So we can't expect ourselves, once we shed this old skin, to just go fly. Just go and be in this world. I love that analogy. And yeah. so this, and like I said, nature teaches us so much if we'll listen. Mm-hmm. Because this locust, it shed its skin, but its its wings literally had to unfold. Oh my gosh. Yes. How beautiful. It was gorgeous. And it, it had to unfold and the wings have to dry out to where it can actually fly. Oh. So if you had taken so off, exactly. he wouldn't have made it. No, right? he wouldn't have made it. God. But yeah, so it's just this beautiful <laughs> thing that if we listen to nature, mm-hmm. we all need time. Even if we're shedding this old skin that doesn't serve us well in our new life, like in our life where we're at now. We still have to be very compassionate and take time for ourselves to allow our wings to unfold and dry out before we try and fly in this new destination. Mm -hmm. You know? That's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) I thought so too. I was like, oh my gosh, I just love this locust right now. (laughs) The neighbors, I was actually at my parents' house. The neighbors were probably like, what is she doing? She's that holistic nurse, you know? (laughs) Just watching the locust. I know. How can people find out more about you, Kimberly? So I have different ways of different avenues to get in touch with me. Um, so you can email me um, at kermaholistics at gmail.com. And you can also go on my website, kermaholistics.net. Um, and Kerma is K-U-R-M-A. Yes, K-U-R-M-A. Mm-hmm. And I also have my office phone. I am in my office only by appointment, but if you choose to call, if you don't have the internet, um, if you choose to call, it's 534-0111. Just say that, because I also have a chiropractor that is in my office um, with me. So you just have to say, I'm calling for Kim, the holistic nurse, and leave your number and what's going on. Mm -hmm. Not really details, because we'll get into that. But um, just leave your number and your name, and I'll get back with you, and and we can schedule something so even with the covid you know we're coming out of the shutdown Mm -hmm. i'm sure you've been talking with people by zoom or other yes safe ways that you can talk remotely the beautiful thing about learning that i can do these things through zoom if someone can't come to me like say it's on their lunch break and Mm -hmm. they just can't get across town to come to me um or or whatever or they don't live here (laughs) you know they can call um, they can call, we can set up something or email me and then we can do it through zoom. Mm-hmm. That's great. So. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you so much. You're, you're a breath of fresh air and I'm learning from you. It's just opened my eyes to so much. And I love your take on life that it's, you know, it's to be cherished yeah. and, to, and to, to nourish ourselves. That's why I wanted this podcast, nourish your, your health. Yeah. Um, I just think so many of us go through the stages and it's we don't true. we don't nourish ourselves, we don't hydrate our soul. Yeah. We go know? through Oh, I like that. Hydrate your soul. Well, that's from it's, Cosmos uh, Vickery. I had a Oh, he said that. Oh, I like week. that. Oh, it's about loosening the soil and <laughs> But it's hydrating. true. It's mm-hmm. good to hi- to keep it fluid mm-hmm. because we can't, you know, as humans, we can't accept expect ourselves to be resilient if we don't give ourselves the nourishment. Right. So you nourishing your health, like you, I am so glad that you brought out this podcast because we need it. 
just as human beings to figure out ways to nourish our health. Mm-hmm. Thank you, know? you so much. I love the name. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and if you look at my website, it's uh, nourishyourhealth.life. And on mm-hmm. Facebook, I've got water. I just thought the ocean oh, and the water yes. splashing, it just Being makes me feel fluid good. fluid through life. <laughs> so one more thing before we go, this just made me think of this, um, with your water. Um, whenever we're making changes, whenever it comes to ACEs or any big change that we want to make in life, we have to remember water. Whenever I went to Utah, they had these massive rocks, and then they had divots in them. And it was like there was some sort of flow in there. Mm-hmm. Like, and what caused the windy of the rocks, that shape, to be there? And it's rushing water. Mm-hmm. So no matter how um, weak some people may think the water is, it is very, very strong that it can make the rocks change shape. Right. It just takes time and persistence and patience mm-hmm. to change that shape. So as human beings, we have to remember also, even though we may seem like this big solid rock that isn't doing, isn't malleable, isn't able to change form, give it enough fluid, you know, hydrating the soul, Mm -hmm. and we can change our shape in life to experience life differently. So we can also take that lesson from nature in knowing that no matter how weak or how um, strong we think something is, we can change shape. We just mm-hmm. have to have patience and I persistence. Guess a lot of this comes with wisdom and help from yeah. professionals such as you. So Kimberly yeah. Tebow, Karma Holistics, <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me again. Nourish Your Health. And this will be released. It'll be on, um, people can listen on iTunes, mm-hmm. anywhere they get their podcast. And we please ask that you uh, tell people about it. You know, promote it and subscribe. You can subscribe on your phone or um, on our website, nourishyourhealth.life. But we appreciate any kind words people can leave mm-hmm. on uh, Apple Podcasts. I want to thank also Jason Sikora with Raider Solutions. Raider is a big uh, proponent of the podcasts that I do. This one in Discover Lafayette, our sister podcast. And Jason, thank you for mixing this tape and making it sound professional. We're still taping from home. Uh, and I just appreciate everything that Raider does to help me. On behalf of Nourish Your Health, this is Jan Swift. Thank you. Thank you.